Welcome to the Life Church of Kansas City podcast. Please consider following, sharing, and supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com. May you be blessed by the Word of God. To all of our guests that are here, we are delighted you are with us. Church, can we welcome the guests that are with us? We're glad we got guests here tonight. that God touches your heart. And if you're looking for a church, let us be it. We want to be your church. Amen. Amen. Summer Revival is coming up here at TLC with Evangelist Bobby Wade. It'll begin Friday night, July 29th at 7 p.m. Continuing Saturday, July 30th at 6 p.m. And then on Sunday, we'll meet at 10 a.m. for classes and then worship service with Evangelist Bobby Wade. We'll begin right at 11 a.m. The Bible says in Psalm 89 and verse 7, God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of his saints. God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of his saints. I think there is something, I mean, God moves where there's two or three, he moves where there's one, and he's even known to move where there is no people, matter of fact. But in the assembly of the church of the living God, there is a reverence and respect that will come upon his people, amen, unlike anywhere else. And I felt it last Sunday, I feel it here tonight, and I just feel like uh, the sovereignty of God, the revelation of his sovereignty is going to be moving upon us here in the next several weeks, and I believe that if you will fear him and you will reverence him, amen, he will greatly, greatly bless your life, amen. That's why we continue to gather together and to love him worship and to serve him. Praise the name of the Lord. My uh, grandma, Marcella Dyson, when she was alive, she, when she lived here in Kansas City, attended our church for many years. And uh, I would go over to her house and she'd fix breakfast, fix great meals. And sometimes if uh, I could get her talking, she would talk about how it was in the old days, the olden days, right? And uh, she said growing up was really hard for her. She grew up in the Depression Sometimes she would tell me stories, very sad stories, hard times, and it was just uh, amazing how uh, people, especially in the country, survived uh, during the Depression days, how they got together and made food and, and learned how to survive to cool off in the summer times and even stay warm in the winter times. It's just amazing, really a miracle. But after telling me sad stories, she'd always end with, but God was so good. She said, you know, sometimes we wouldn't have a good crop. Sometimes we wouldn't have a good this or good that. But God was so good. God was so good. And it was always amazing to me to hear her tell such a sad, tragic story, a a series of horrible events. But at the end of it, it was God is so good. And you could feel God move in that moment. And the sadness would just disappear. And I've just learned this in my own way, that if you will... Give God what he wants. Put him first. His goodness will be with you during hard times, during good times, low times, hard times. He's good no matter what. And that is why we continually serve him in our lives and also our giving. Our giving unto the Lord, our tithe, which is the first 10% of our increase, also to missions. And for those of you that have felt a nudge from the Lord to continue to finishing strong, continue to do so. And you will see the goodness of the Lord continue to pour out in your life, even during uncertain times. 
You know, somebody asked me, Brother Justin, are we in the end times? I said, well, maybe, but I know this, we are in insane times, that's for sure. <laughs> so God will keep you during these insane times. I tell you what, you can give in person out these center doors to your right. There's a giving box there, also conveniently at tlckcmo.com or a P.O. Box 7076, Lee Summit, Missouri, 64064. I want to preach tonight a subject that I feel the Lord has spoken to me to give to you, and that is God is keeping his wheat rooted. He is keeping his wheat rooted. Reading to you from Gospel of Matthew, chapter number 13, and verse number 24 to verse number 30. And then on over to verses 36 through 43. Another parable, he, this is Jesus, put forth to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. So the servants of the owner came and said to him, Sir, Did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? He said to them, An enemy has done this. The servants said to him, Do you want us to go and gather them up? But he said, No, lest while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at the time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, First gather together the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them. But gather the wheat into my barn. Verse 36. Then Jesus sent the multitude away and went into his house. And the disciples came to him saying, Explain to us the parable of the tares of the field. He answered and said to them, He who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. The good seeds are the sons of the kingdom. But the tares are the sons of the wicked one. The enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are the angels. Therefore, as the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of this age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all things that offend, and those who practice lawlessness, and will cast them into the furnace of fire. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears to hear... Let him hear. Can you say amen to the word? Amen. God is keeping his wheat rooted. Death is the way of all flesh. It really is. It's sad. It is the way of all flesh. And because of this, some say, some philosophers would suggest that because it is this way, there really is no difference between good or bad. For those that are good die, and those that are considered bad or immoral also die. And there is some, I guess, some, uh, not really merit to that, but I, I suppose I understand exactly why they believe what they believe because of death. But we understand it and believe it a little different around here, that if you listen to the gospel, you believe it, you obey it, and you live it, you actually never die. But we use the term sleep or rest. Because we believe that the grave is not our final resting place. But as many of us will go to sleep tonight and wake up the next morning, so shall the saints be at the call of the voice of the Lord Jesus Christ when he says, come up. 
And those who are asleep in the dust will arise, just like one arising out of sleep, and they will be forever with the Lord. And Paul even talks about this in various places, and he likens our human bodies when we die to be like seed buried into the ground. Because when a seed is buried into the ground, that's when it comes alive. That's when the greatest fulfillment of his existence is going to happen, is right there in the dirt. And Jesus likens it to that. Paul likens it to that. There's psalms concerning this, that even though we die, and it seems like we are gone forever, but Jesus says, He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. I've come to give you some good news here tonight. And I know we need a lot of good news because there's nothing but bad news out there in the media. I've got good news. Yes, you may die. But even if you don't, when the Lord comes back, you will arise, amen, just along with those who have died. And we'll be caught up together and live with the Lord forever for all eternity. Where there is no death, there is no sorrow, there is no sickness. Your grave is the beginning of your eternal life. And that's what Jesus is saying in this parable. That your life and your existence, it'll be as wheat and it will have to grow up with the tares. But don't fear and don't fret this life in this process. The day of harvest will come when the Lord will come down like a farmer and say, I want the wheat in my barn. That is you and I's ticket into heaven for all eternity. And yes, all that offends God and all that is lawlessness and all that is evil, it will be burned for all eternity. That's the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. You don't have to go to hell where the devil is going to go. You don't have to spend eternity, amen, lost. But you can be saved just like that, and it can happen to you tonight. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, I love to be saved. I love to know that my name is written in heaven. I love to know, amen, that I belong to God. I'm trying to do everything that I can to survive and live as long as I can in this life. I don't want to leave this world before my time. But I look around in this world, there is really truly no joy in this world. There's no pleasure in this world because it has fallen. There's darkness in it. But my mind is made up. There's something greater beyond the clouds, beyond this universe. It's a higher realm and it is the realm of heaven. And it's not so far off. But Jesus said that heaven is right here at hand. You can reach out and grab it. That's why we have miracles in this church. That's why we have healings in this church because everybody is is healed in heaven. That's why there's deliverance in this church because there is no demonic possession in heaven. Hallelujah. That's why lives are restored because there's restoration in heaven. That's why there's renewal in this church because there's renewal in heaven. Oh, I feel the powers of heaven here tonight. Amen. Praise God. Jesus gives us a glimpse in this parable that before you get to heaven... You have got to grow and take root as wheat does. When you obey the word of God, you become a plant, as it were, in his house. And in his dwelling, you become his garden. You become his agriculture. You become his seed. You become his wheat. It's a parable. You know, Jesus very rarely ever said this is exactly how heaven is. He couldn't do that because... It's impossible to describe to mankind what heaven is because we've never seen it. It's indescribable. 
There's no words really to put into it. And I've talked to people that have dreams or experiences where they have visions of heaven. You know what they say? I, I don't know how to describe it. It's so beautiful. It's just hard to even describe. And even Jesus himself could not describe it. That's how beautiful it is. He had to use parables to describe heaven. He said his kingdom is like a farmer, a landowner, who had servants who went out and sowed seed into the field. And the wheat came up, but also tares came up. And he likens this to Satan sowing his seed into the world. We don't talk a whole lot about the devil here and there referencing it. I don't know if I've ever actually dedicated an entire sermon to the devil, but he is real. And I think we got to know our enemy because while you are not learning anything about your enemy, your enemy is learning everything about you. He is studying you, knowing what you like, what you don't like, what your fears and your worries are. And if you want to know how to combat the devil, learn exactly what makes him tremble. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. The devil trembles at that. He's scared of the blood of Jesus. He's scared of the name of Jesus. And even Jesus himself said, the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet. You want to know what the devil cannot fight is your peace. And if you've got it, you're victorious. Praise the Lord. Long ago, Ezekiel talked about it, that Lucifer, before his name became Satan, Lucifer, and Isaiah even prophesied about this as well in various places. The prophets foresaw in the spirit world what happened long ago. And Lucifer said, I want to ascend higher than God. I want to be greater than God. I want to have more status than God has given to me. And I want to have more power than God has given to me. And God looked down and said, your position is good enough for you. The power I've given to you is good enough for you. You know, God doesn't like it when people want to get higher places than what he has given to them. You know, Jesus told a parable to his disciples. He says, when you go into a wedding feast, don't go to the high seat. You know why? Because somebody's going to walk up there and say, that seat is reserved for somebody else. Go sit in the back. Jesus said, you want to excel in life and excel in the kingdom of God? Start in small places and do small things. And that is how you'll be promoted and excel. But Satan didn't want to do small things. He didn't want to serve the Lord. He wanted to be served. And through lies and deceit, convinced so many angels to follow him, led a rebellion, and God said, enough is enough, and he cast him down into the earth. And Satan now knows that he can never have the throne of God. He can never have the kingdom of heaven. So what does he do? He does everything he can to come against God's prized possession, man that he created in his own image. And he is doing everything he can to make sure that mankind never gets up to the throne of God where he once was. See, the Bible says, Jesus says that hell was prepared for the devil and his angels. Hell was never created for you and I. It was never our place. It was created for the devil and his angels. But God is all about who are you a son of? Who are you offspring of? You know, you and I, you and I are sons and daughters of our parents. We didn't get here through aliens. Nobody in here, I think, is an alien, perhaps. Anybody in here cloned? Identify yourself, right? <laughs> you and I got here through the seed of our father and the seed of our mother. That is how you are born into this world. 
And the same thing works in the kingdom of heaven. You don't get to heaven through your father or mother. You get there through your father, the Lord Jesus Christ, and your mother, the church of the living God. That is how you are born into the kingdom of heaven. And dare I say, you are also born into the kingdom of Satan, born into hell. And you do that through sin. You do that through being deceived by him and becoming lost with him. If I can put it to you this way, whatever you follow now, you're going to follow into eternity. You follow Jesus now, you will follow him into eternity. You follow the devil now, you're going to keep on following him into eternity. God is not going to send anybody to hell. He's just going to let you continue on how you live now into eternity. You know, if you plant a cucumber seed, you're going to get a cucumber. You plant okra, you're going to get okra. And however you are at death, if we plant a righteous seed in the earth, it's going to arise into a righteous place called heaven. If we plant a lost seed, it's going to arise for eternity in a place for the lost. That's why you stay saved continually. Praise the Lord. So Satan is after God's people. And he does it through sowing his own seed. He did it in the beginning of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. This tree is still a mystery to us Bible students, why God put it there and what it was for. I would like to think that it was the first tree that God ever created, and it was only specifically for him and his purpose. And just like the tithing, God wants the first 10%. God wanted to have the first tree only for himself. That is why he told Adam and Eve, do not partake of it. But Satan came and deceived them, deceived the woman, and she in turn gave to the husband. And because of that, the ground was cursed. And the cursing of that ground, one of the first curses God ever put on mankind, was uh, thorns and thistles came out of the ground, including what we are reading about, tares. Tares coming up. You had good fruit, and then you had bad fruit. You had life, and then you had death. You had good, and you had bad. That sin right there, eating the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, introduced a concept that God never wanted this world to know, and that is to have the knowledge of good and evil. God only wanted mankind to know him, God, not to know good and evil. God only wanted mankind to know his will and his way and his commandments. But Satan knew and saw an opportunity to deceive based upon the lust of the eye and the desire for wisdom in deceiving that woman to eat that tree, and because of that, the knowledge of how to be both good and evil has passed into this world. It's Satan's greatest lie and greatest trick that good and evil can both exist together as one. During my childhood, I grew up in church. I grew up in a pastor's home. All I ever knew was good. All I ever knew what was, what was right Until I started going to school and growing up in the neighborhood and realized not everybody lives as I do. I was amazed, amazed at how my home life was and then to hear about the home life of some of my friends at school. And I thought, they don't live that far from me. They don't live that much differently. They're a person like I am. They have parents like I have. Some of them go to a church like I go to church. How is it that they talk like that and I don't? How is it that they live like that and I don't? How is it that they watch what they watch and I don't? How is it that their parents do this and this and this and this and my parents don't? 
And I realized just in my own little way, an observation, lessons from the Lord, that in this world you are going to have good and you are going to have evil. And I had to learn in my own way and in my own time with the help of the Lord to navigate to be good in an evil world. Good and evil exists all around us, within and without, everywhere in this world. And Jesus describes this parable to be like this world right now. The field is the world, and inside of it you have God's seed. You have things God has planted. But also in that field you have things that the devil has planted. And you and I have to learn to exist in that until the time of our redemption comes. Until the end of days, you and I have to remain rooted as wheat of God with the tares. But Satan is doing everything he can to sow tares in your life. Everything he can to get his seed, his foothold inside of your mind and your heart. And it's a battle some days. It is a struggle some days, but with the help of the Lord, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Praise the Lord. This enemy who sowed this seed, I believe, did it for three reasons in this parable. Number one, this enemy sowed seeds of tares into a field of wheat to make this field unlawful, to make it become against the laws of God. The law of Moses said you shall not mix seed in your field. You cannot mix seed in one area. It has to have singleness of purpose and designated. It says this in Leviticus 19 and Deuteronomy 22, you shall not mix your seed. And the reason is mixing seed does not produce a great crop. Some of you gardeners out there, do you plant cucumbers right next to your tomatoes? No. You put them in a different row usually. You don't do cucumber, tomato, then squash, then pumpkin, then zucchini, and then all of that. You have singleness of purpose, right? Well, the pagans, the Canaanites, mixed the seed of their field. And God said to Israel, I don't want you to do it like them. I show you a better and more perfect way to have a better crop. And that is to separate it. And what this enemy was trying to do in the land of Israel was try to make that man's field that he worked so hard for unlawful. Tried to make his field break the law of God. I think next he wanted to make that field unfruitful, to make it a field where wheat could not grow in it, but rather have tares, these weeds that look a lot like wheat, come in and choke out, choke out all of that wheat, therefore eliminating the wheat. It was like the enemy was uh, in business competition with his neighbor and maybe, maybe perhaps wanted other people to come and buy his wheat because his neighbor didn't have any wheat. He wanted to make him unlawful. He wanted to make him unfruitful. And this enemy also wanted to make this field unsafe. Tares, when it comes time for harvest, attracts a certain fungus, a very poisonous fungus on it. And I've read historically people that would accidentally, when they gathered their wheat, would gather tares and bake bread. They could taste the bitterness of those tares. And in large doses, this Tear the fungus that was on it. It was so poisonous it would kill livestock and even people. That's what this enemy tried to do to this man's field. Make it unlawful, make it unfruitful, and make it unsafe. You can imagine now why the servants said, can we pull it out now? 
We need to get rid of this now because it is going to affect our crop. It's going to affect our harvest. It's going to perhaps destroy it altogether. The owner of the land said, no, don't do it. Just wait. And the reason is, is because he was worried that the wheat would become uprooted. Worried that the good that he had sown would become destroyed. And trying to eliminate what was bad, the good was at risk and in danger of being destroyed. And the reason for this is not so much because perhaps the roots of the tares had intermingled with the wheat, but rather perhaps what I think is because you can look at wheat and tares in those early stages of it sprouting, it looks exactly the same. It's next to impossible to tell the difference between wheat and tares only until the time of the harvest because of the fungus and the poison that is on it. And that is why the landowner said, let it grow lest we disturb it. This is Satan's tactic. Everything he sows, he tries to make it look so good and to try to make it look so appealing and so wonderful. And how could it be anything bad? You know, they have said for a long time, people have said, Satan's greatest lie is that he doesn't exist. I think for a long time, that was Satan's greatest lie. But here in America in 2022, I think some of the top lies that Satan is saying is, number one, God will never judge. He is so loving and so caring. You can do it. You will never be judged. The judgment of God isn't real. You don't believe the judgment of God is real? Read your Bible. Within the first six chapters, God destroyed all of the world that he created. He judges righteously. He judges holy. His judgment is right. He always does the right thing. And if you truly love God and you reverence God and you have the fear of God, you will respect his judgment and how he does it. Amen. Uh, Satan is also convincing this world that everything is just okay. If it feels good, do it. Take a load off. You deserve to feel good. But our Lord in his wisdom has commanded us to keep a sober mind and to be watchful and to be prayerful and observe everything you can. Never look the other way. Keep noticing what happens in this world because you look one way once, you will do it again. But keep your eyes out for you and for your family. That is how you grow and how you survive as God's wheat in his field. Can you say praise the Lord? You know, I used to never care about my lawn until about three or four years ago, I was mowing my grass, and I looked down, and I thought to myself, I don't have a lawn anymore. I have a salad bar. I looked, and I saw mushrooms growing in the lawn, and onions, and radishes, and all kinds of things growing in that lawn. And I thought, am I really going to have to pull all these weeds? And I got to studying and reading it, and that's the old school way of getting rid of weeds, and maybe you do that. Some of you that want an organic lawn, God bless you, don't let me stop you. Drink your dandelion tea all you want, I don't care. But I said, I don't got time to be pulling weeds. I'm having fun actually enjoying saving time by just mowing my weeds. I never mowed my grass, I mowed my weeds. But I got to looking around in the store and got to looking at these new herbicides that they make. Spray on your lawn. Won't harm the grass, kills all your weeds. And I thought, this has got to be one of the biggest hoaxes. 
There is no way that this is real. But I had a weed problem. I thought I might as well get out there and try it. And I remember hooking that bottle up next uh, onto my hose and spraying the whole lawn. I thought, I'm going to kill all the grass. That's just what's going to happen. I'm not good at growing things. I'm good at killing things. And I'm spraying all the dandelions. And to my surprise, I woke up the next morning. The lawn looked greener, and the dandelions began to wilt away. And I thought, it's a miracle. I can do lawn care. And I learned something in that moment right there, that if you actually know what the weeds don't like, you can destroy them and still have a good lawn. Amen. And I think the Lord Jesus Christ is looking at this world in the exact same way. He is looking at the evil in it, and he knows exactly what it's going to take to destroy that evil. But God never destroys the righteous with the unrighteous. Although bad things do happen to us, but mark it down, the Lord will never judge the righteous with the unrighteous. And the angels in heaven are looking down upon this world and desiring God to judge this world. They're looking at God's creation, how much their former brother Lucifer has corrupted this world. And in their eyes, they are just anticipating the coming of the Lord as much, if not more, than you and I. And God is looking down there saying, no, my church is not done growing yet. I'm not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. I've got a word for somebody tonight. You're wondering, why am I going through all of this hell? That's code for why are the seeds of Satan all around me? And it seems like the tares, the weeds of life that Satan has sown, it's growing more than me. It's growing faster than me. I feel like I'm the only stock of wheat in my world and there's tares all around me. Why isn't it being destroyed? Why hasn't God gotten rid of it? I've come to tell you, if God were to start destroying the tares around you, you would probably be collateral damage. That's right. If God really wanted to get rid of the seeds of Satan, your house would have to burn down. Your entire neighborhood, the earth would have to open up underneath it and you would fall in it. (laughs) I've wondered that. God, why don't you destroy the devil? And I feel like God is saying to me, the same reason I don't destroy you. You see, God is merciful no matter what. His throne is encircled in mercy, not judgment. But he rules out of heaven with mercy. You have no idea what God is doing in that horrible, sinful house that is on your block. You may never know what God is stirring up and trying to do there to pull them out of hell and to bring them into heaven. That's why we got to be careful how much we judge. For the same judgment that we put on somebody else, God will put that judgment on you. You know, God even says, saying to the angels, don't you worry about the seeds of Satan Let me worry about that. For not even the angels of heaven can decide who God lets live and who God destroys, but only God himself. And I've got a word for you. Just worry about your own roots. God will take care of the weeds in his own time. He will take care of the problems in your life in his own time. Hey, Are those problems forcing you to pray? I say let the problems stay. Are those problems keeping you on your knees and in your word? God just may be using the tares and the weeds in your life just to keep you saved. I think everybody ought to clap their hands unto the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God.
God doesn't care what grows in his field. All he cares about is the separation at the end. For in this world, there is good and evil for all time until the end of the age when he burns this world with fire. In the beginning of the age, he destroyed the world with water. Eight souls survived that flood. Noah, his wife, his sons, and their three wives, they survived. But there is coming a day, a judgment, that is not going to be with water, but it is going to be with fire. A fire that nobody can build a boat and escape it. A fire that no nuclear bunker can survive. A fire in which all flesh will be consumed. That is the burning of the tares. But thank the Lord he is going to snatch all of us out and take us to a place where we'll be protected. And that is in heaven itself. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. But until that time, you and I got to live as God's wheat, as God's seed, growing in God's earth along with these tares, along with these weeds, along with the workings of Satan, trusting God, believing in God, and trusting him in his own timing that he will come when he is ready. He will move when he wants to move. He will stir when he wants to stir. He will shake when he wants to shake. He will judge when he wants to judge. Can you say praise the Lord? The musicians have please come. There are some people in this room, you have more tears, I think, than other people. Because of the life you've lived, decisions, what you sow, what you reap, things like that. Some of you maybe have to share a dwelling, a house with people that do not know the Lord. Some of you may not live in the best parts of town. Some of you have co-workers who are tares, seeds of Satan. And you have to work to provide for your family and your soul is vexed day after day because of the seeds of Satan that are in your work, your workplace. Your family, where you work, your neighborhood, things like that. And you're wondering, God, how am I going to make it? And God is saying that if you will just worry about you and grow yourself and stay planted in the house of the Lord and stay planted in the word of God, I'll call altar call here in a minute, little Cohen, just you wait. (laughs) I know he's a little boy, but I would just like to think that God is even speaking to my three-year-old son. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Amen. God is saying, don't worry about what the enemy has done in your life all around you. You just worried about you. For you, if are born of God and God's offspring, you're going to rise in God's house someday in heaven. If God has produced you, then he will protect you. All you got to worry about is I don't have to be a seed of Satan because if I'm not a seed of Satan, the day will come. I know it may look like there may not be much difference between me and anybody else, but the day will come when the whole world will see that there is a difference between the saved and the unsaved, the righteous and the unrighteous, the believer and the unbeliever. For if you will live separate here and now, you will be separated from all of that in the future. That day is coming, praise the Lord. Let's all stand together. Thank you, Lord. I feel your spirit. In the year... 1991, I reached out for God for the first time in my life that spring. 
And during that summer, I had a series of dreams in my life. And I saw many things that have unfolded and have been fulfilled in those dreams. And I remember one in particular. I was only seven years old when I dreamed this. I was walking through a field, a field of very tall, beautiful I thought as a boy it was grass until I got older. I realized I was walking through a field of wheat. And in front of me, all I could see was a man's hand and a man's garment. It looked like a linen robe. And I saw a man's hand, and all he was doing was walking in front of me and touching the wheat as he walked. I walked behind him and just followed him, and he just touched the wheat. The man never spoke to me. All I could hear was the sound of wind. The sky did not look like a blue sky, but it, it was like there was no sun. It was like light just scattered from everywhere from every different direction. It was like the color of, it was like an amber color, a reddish purple color, just beautiful. And this wheat and this, this man in front of me, I just felt so much peace. And I didn't realize it until I got older. I saw the Lord. And it was one day I was, I was reading in the Bible and I came across this verse. And during that time, I was really going through my own hell. Not near some of the hell that I've heard some of you talk about. But it was rough for me and it was hard for me. Maybe someday I'll share it with you. And I came across this passage and my mind went back to that dream. And it was like God was saying, Justin, don't worry about what's around you. Don't worry about what anybody has said. Don't worry about what anybody has done. Don't worry about what the devil is doing. If you will just keep your focus and follow me, it'll be worth it all some beautiful, happy day. And he reminded me and showed me that there is so much blessing and suffering for him. There is so much blessing for those that go through things for the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why the Lord taught us, blessed are they that hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are those who are so poor in spirit. Blessed are those that mourn. Blessed are the peacemaker. Blessed are all these people that take on the sufferings of Christ. And I had a revelation that day that my life will never be perfect. There will always be an enemy. Once you feel like you've destroyed one enemy, a new enemy is coming. You get rid of that enemy, there is a new enemy coming your way. It is just the way of our walk with God. It is the process. And we as Pentecostals have got to realize this. I know we have authority over Satan, but you have no authority over the tares that he has sown. I know we have authority over demons, but you and I have no authority over the seeds that he has sown. Only God himself has that authority, and only God himself can destroy it at the end of time. You and I, growing up in this world with the wicked, the same sun shines upon them as it shines upon us. The same rain that comes from the sky, it falls upon them and it falls upon us. You and I, as it were, are even planted in the same field. And the only difference that you and I have between they and us is where we will go at the time of the harvest. That's why you've got to be rooted. Because life truly is like grass. It comes and it goes. It's like a vapor. Have you ever taken a bottle of hairspray and just gone... Tsh- That's what the prophet said life is like. It is simply like a vapor. I don't believe the end is now, but the end is coming near. And God is going to come and save. He is going to come and heal, but he also will come and judge. That is our hope.
that one day the troubles that we face, we will no longer face them. The things that Satan has done to destroy our lives, we will no longer face it. It's not up to us when that time comes, but it is God himself. And the Lord is saying, will you not trust me with my timing? Will you not trust me with my plan? Will you not trust me with how I want prophecy to be fulfilled when it's fulfilled? And God is just saying, can you grow as wheat among the tares? Can you survive the seeds of Satan? If there is any wheat in God's house, I invite you right now to just raise your hands as wheat, amen, blows in the field. And just raise your hands unto the Lord and say, God, truly I am your seed and you gave me life, Lord. And I will remain rooted in this field no matter what Satan sows around me. No matter what he does, I trust you, amen, to the end of time. Hallelujah. If there's anybody in here, amen, you're overwhelmed with the weeds that Satan has sown around you. I invite you to come to this altar for some relief and some peace tonight. Hallelujah. I believe, amen, the peace of God and his strength is in this room tonight. For somebody that feels like, amen, that the roots are breaking inside of you. That this life is trying to get inside and destroy you. I've come to tell you, if God planted you, amen, you can grow in hard circumstances. You can grow when it's hot. You can grow when it's cold. You can grow when there's rain and there's no rain. You can grow when you feel good. You can grow when you feel bad. You can grow when times are good. You can grow when times are bad. Amen. I'm calling upon the seed of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen, to remain and to grow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The tares will not bring you down, but God shall bring down the tares at the appointed time. Hallelujah. Come on, keep on waiting on the Lord, church. Hallelujah. There's talk of World War III. There's talk of the pandemic arising again. There's talk of food shortages. Those are tears of Satan. Those are tears of Satan. There's talk of so many things going on right now in our own government. Talk of so many things happening right now in our own land, in our own country. It's the seeds of Satan and God is wanting to know if the church of the living God could stay planted in this time and in this world. Hallelujah. Remain planted, remain planted, remain planted. Hallelujah. Strength of the Lord come now to the people. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. Hallelujah. Call out to the Lord. That's where strength comes. Call out to Him. Thank you for listening to this message. For more content, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at The Life Church KC. Reference the episode notes for more details.